Welcome to For Husbands Only, a podcast where I discuss the hidden, overlooked, and unspoken topics that most husbands wrestle with. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another show, episode number six. I'm your host, David Taylor. And for the record, this show, (laughs) For Husbands Only, is intended to be an outlet for husbands who are hiding their hurt because they don't know how to process, communicate, and cope with the pain in a healthy manner. This show is also a safe place for husbands to go to so that they can receive insights into some of the major issues that most men struggle with. Also, this is a place for husbands to receive encouragement, direction, and accountability with helping them to become better men and better husbands. Lastly, this is a call to action for men to escape mediocrity so that they can truly become the heroes for their families. And yes, we're back and I can't wait to dive into this topic. But before I do, I would like to just have a brief moment of silence. Um, Yesterday, well, I'm recording this on Friday. And so the day before, which would have been Thursday, the 21st, is when Prince, the great icon Prince, Uh, passed away tragically. So um, I just want to take a brief moment of silence just to commemorate his life, his legacy. And yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, I I grew up listening to Prince in the 80s. I was born in the 80s, early 80s. My mom had Prince and Michael Jackson on VHS tapes. And so we would jump back and forth between watching Prince and watching Michael Jackson and Purple Rain. And, you know, so it was one of those moments when you just kind of kind of step back and look at life and ask yourself the tough questions. One of the things that I liked uh, about yesterday was that his death brought everybody together. And everybody was celebrating, you know, like you would see on Facebook, the Purple Rain and just everybody was celebrating his legacy. Um, And I got to thinking and this is not what today's show is about, but because it happened, I had to go here. I got to thinking, you know, what kind of legacy do I want to leave behind when I'm dead? How how do I want to impact the world? Do I want to be remembered? Do I want to be celebrated? Am I going to be remembered and celebrated? Uh, and, And I want you to think about that as well. You know, when you die, will anybody miss you? What will people remember the most about you? What legacy, what imprint will you leave behind? See, I I don't think life is about dying old. I think it's about dying empty. And again, this is not what today's uh, message or uh, topic is about, but I just want you to think about that. You know, when you, as you're living your life, and we're all headed towards death anyway. And it could be today. It could be in, th- in 10 years, 100 years. It doesn't matter. But we're all going to meet that day at some point. And I want to make sure that when I die, I die empty. I don't want to die old. I don't want to die tired and, you know, <laughs> not able to use the faculties of my body. But I want to die empty. I want to exhaust myself. And I believe Prince lived a life poured out. Uh, You know, he even had songs, tons of songs produced or, you know, produced that hadn't been released yet. And that's the type of life that I want to leave. I want to leave that behind, you know, for my legacy, for the people that, you know, I know and I won't know. I want them to remember me in that large of a manner. And I think for you, I want to challenge you to think about that as well. You know, as you're living and working and breathing and doing everything that you know to do. 
Think about the big picture. What am I? What is all of this for? And how am I going to move the world, literally, when I die? Can I, will I move the world when I die? Anyway, just wanted to kind of touch bases on that briefly, uh, because I know many of you, if you're like me, grew up in the 80s, 90s, even maybe the 70s, you, this was this probably ringed home for you. Uh, so anyway, let's go ahead and move on. Um, let me, let's move on. Let me talk about an idea before I touch basis on the topic of today's show, which by the way, the, the, the title of today's show is every man's battle. So we're going to dive deep into that. But before I do, I want to, I want to kind of introduce an idea to you guys that I've been thinking about, and I want to get some feedback from y'all. So I've been playing around with the idea of uh, developing a mastermind group of husbands, for husbands, of husbands. Uh, One of the struggles that I know I had going through our rocky marriage phase, and then one of the struggles that I see every single man that I've worked with, they have the same struggle, is that they don't have access to a group of men who are healthy, accountable, have integrity, and are able to lead and guide them appropriately. And so I'm playing around with the idea of developing a husband's only mastermind group It's going to be an exclusive group. So it's not going to be open to everybody, you know, only, you know, those that are really serious about joining and participating and being held accountable and growing, not for just themselves, but for their marriages. I'm thinking of developing this group um, and I want to hear your feedback. So in the end, I'll give you my email address and I want to see, I just, I'm going to just put this out there and see if I get anybody responding and you, you never know, we may develop this and you know, make it, make it something, make it a movement because I really want to change marriages. And I think the way to change marriages is to change husbands. So, but anyway, let's go ahead and talk about today's topic. So in today's episode, I will be talking about a topic that most, if not all men struggle with, but very few people actually talk about it. Let me ask you guys a question. What is your biggest battle? Is it women Is it money? Is it influence? What about power? Is it the fear of failure? What about not having enough to provide for your family or not being able to do the things that you would like to do? What's your biggest battle? What do you struggle the most with? See, a lot of men would say that They don't have any battles. (laughs) A lot will say that they have a life that is under control. And if that's you, see if I can be nice when I say this, but if that's you, then you may not be ready to listen to this podcast episode. Not because you have everything together, but because you may be too blind to see the truth. (laughs) And I say that with all due respect, but I do mean it. (laughs) The truth is that I haven't met a man yet that doesn't have a battle of some sort. See, we are all afflicted with an internal conflict that often impacts how we relate to the world around us. Every man has a battle. Think about your favorite superhero story or your favorite movie. Think about your favorite hero. For some, it's Superman. Maybe it's Batman or Spider-Man or Iron Man or Captain America. I love the Incredible Hulk, right? Think about your superhero, your favorite hero. I can all but guarantee that their story, whoever your hero of choice is, their story has something to do with the hero's journey 
a journey where the main character starts out as a no-name, obscure character who somehow is awoken to the latent destiny inside of them. Whether it's a superpower or a mission to solve a major problem, like save the world, (laughs) the character, your character, is faced with a seemingly insurmountable mountain to overcome. And in order to conquer this mountain, they will have to defeat the biggest and hardest enemy in a battle often to the death. In this hero's story, the hero's journey, they are often faced with temptations, distractions, and confusions, but those aren't the main battle, right? I mean, if you look at any of these, you know, the Spider-Man movies or the Superman movies or the Batman movies, there's always these micro battles that they have to fight, but those aren't the main battle. Remember um, the most recent uh, Batman versus Superman? They fought against themselves, but that wasn't the main battle. The main battle was with Doomsday. See, the fight between them two, those were micro battles. The internal issues that Superman was wrestling with and the stuff that Batman was wrestling with, those were all micro battles. Now, these micro battles were used as a way to point the main character in the right direction. See, micro battles are designed to prepare the hero for the main battle the battle that will often determine his fate. Now, in these stories, the battle is usually staged between the hero and the villain. Often the villain is the complete antithesis of the hero, the reverse reflection of who the hero really is. Now, the villain is the dark reflection that comes from the light emitted by the hero. The villain is the hero turned inside out. So just think about it. You know, you got Lex Luthor with Superman. You got the Joker with Batman, right? And it's even funny that the Joker and the Batman, they have this relationship where they can't truly get rid of the other. They almost need the other. It's almost like they're the opposite of each other. They're the, it's like Batman is one side of the coin and the Joker is the other side of the coin. And they, they have to have each other to perfectly balance each other out, which is weird. But just think about that for a second. If you look close enough, the villain or the obstacle that the hero has to conquer in order to save the day, if you look really closely, the villain is really the hero. See, the hero's journey is about the hero defeating himself by finding his true self and choosing to be his true self. Hopefully that's not confusing. (laughs) The hero, in a sense, has to defy his old logic, his faulty beliefs, his fears. He has to shed his old image and intentionally believe something that's truer about him so that he can become the best version of himself. The hero's journey is every man's battle. The hero's journey is your battle. Your battle as a man, as a father, and as a husband is with the reflection that you see when you look in the mirror. Allow me to explain why this is the case. And then I want to talk about what we can do to rectify this. But just remember, every man has a battle. And your battle is the hero's journey. Your battle is with the reflection that you see in the mirror.
So it's not with sex. It's not with porn. It's not with being tempted by lust or other women or thighs or breasts or booties. It's not with that. It's not with money, right? It's not with money, power, respect, (laughs) right? It's not with any of that. Those are micro battles. Your battle, your biggest battle is with yourself. See, here in America, we have a have, do, be complex. That's right. Have, do, be. See, as men, we derive our personal value based on what we have and what we're able to do. See, in America, we feel that we can only be men if we have specific things and do specific things. Think about your life. If you're honest, you will notice that you feel the most competent as a man based on the things that you have, whether it's the size of your muscles or the amount of money in your bank account, you most likely derive who you are based off of what you have. And that notion of masculinity is often further reinforced based on what you're able to do with what you have. So if you can buy that nice 60 inch flat screen TV because you have the money in the bank to do so, you do it because doing so further validates your self identity. Think about it. When was the last time you felt comfortable having a 13 inch TV (laughs) or (laughs) when was the last time you really was comfortable not being strong as a man, not having muscles, right? Think, think about the things that you have and the things that you do. Usually that determines your masculinity. I used to do this all the time. I would buy certain things and my weakness happened to be nice watches and shoes. So I would stock up on watches and shoes so that others could see that I had these things, right? And thus think certain thoughts about me based off of what I had. So if I had a lot of showy stuff like shoes and clothes and watches, people would look at me and be like, oh man, that dude got bank. He got money. Yeah, he's doing it. He's balling, right? I used to do this when it came to, to when we got married. I had two homes, right? For no reason. Obviously, I should have thought better about the money investment and things like that. But yeah, I had two homes and I was, I was, I was balling. I was stunting. Really was stunting. I wasn't balling. <laughs> I would go into the gym and I would lift heavy weights so that others could see how strong I was. Right In college, I would often flirt with women and associate myself with them so that my male friends could see what I was capable of. Right <laughs> At one point, I even had a nickname called God's Gift to women. <laughs> now, I wasn't God's Gift, but that's how I positioned myself. Um Anyway, yeah, and it went to my head. Now I'm like, I hate that I had that because I didn't do anything to deserve it. And it was all ego, which a lot of the stuff that we do as men, it's all about ego anyway. But all of this was so that I could show them and myself that I was a man capable of doing what other men couldn't do. Now, remember, if you know my backstory, I grew up with daddy issues. My dad never validated me because he wasn't around, not because he left, but because my mom and dad got a divorce. And so I stayed with my mom and three sisters. I didn't have the male presence there to help nurture me into becoming a healthy man. 
And because I didn't have that, I had to come up with my own definition. And as a result, that left me with a ton of voids because I didn't know what the right definition of masculinity was. Not sexuality, but masculinity. What type of man am I? And as a result, I had to then go about proving to myself through me proving to others that I was a man. Think about why you have and do certain things. And think about why you place a value on having and doing certain things. Often, if you're honest, often the reason is because to have these things and to be able to do these things makes us feel valuable, competent, and validated. Let's be real. It makes us feel good. It makes us feel good about ourselves when we can walk up in a room and have what other people don't have. Or we could pull up in a nice car and we got people looking at us. It makes us feel good. If you think back to episode three, which was part two of Penis Envy, I recommend go and listen to that if you haven't. I spoke about two areas that men try to protect the most. And this is key. I want you, if, if you don't remember anything from this episode, remember these two things. Remembering these two things will help save a lot of issues from happening, happening in the future. Think about this. It is these two areas that are often the driving forces behind our desire to have and do certain things so that we can be masculine. It's these two things. These two areas of vulnerability are when men feel, number one, incompetent, and when men feel, number two, inadequate. So when men feel incompetent and when men feel inadequate, those are the two areas of vulnerability that men try to protect the most. In all of my studies, over 13 years now, the one place that these two areas are exposed the most is in marriages. <laughs> I know. The one place that you want to go to find safety and security is the one place where you go and you are often exposed the most. See, being married exposes all of your flaws. Your wife will in some way cause you to feel inadequate or insufficient, if not both. See, not because she wants you to feel that way, because she's not doing this on purpose. Hopefully she's not. <laughs> but rather, at some point in your marriage, her actions, either unintentionally or intentionally, will trigger these two areas of vulnerability. And as a result, your hero's journey will begin all over again. So the moment you're triggered, you are again thrust into the ring with yourself. Get this, guys. The moment she triggers your greatest fears, the fear of being inadequate or the fear of being incompetent, you then have to decide who to be. You have to decide who to become. It is usually at this point that husbands begin to overcompensate. And I see it all the times with the work that we do. It is here where most men will over-masculinize themselves as a way to cope with feeling incompetent or inadequate. I was just working with someone literally the other day, one of our standers. Um, and she was sharing with me how, uh, you know, she was going through a period where she needed to be comforted by her husband. Uh, she was 
you know, going through grieving. She needed to be comforted. She went to her husband to be comforted. He couldn't comfort her in the moment. And so that exposed his feelings of inadequacies because he couldn't provide to her what she was needing. And as a result, the next day he went the complete opposite end of the spectrum and started to tear her down, berate her, belittle her, right? And he was a very contemptuous person. He was tearing her down with words and text messages so that he can feel better about himself because this was his way of coping with feeling inadequate and incompetent. Think about that. I want you to ask yourself, have you ever done something similar? Right? Because usually whenever we're triggered, whenever our inadequacies or our incompetencies are triggered, we then go to the other extreme of over-masculinizing ourselves. And whether it's through overworking, over-drinking, watching porn, or having an affair, we usually cope with our inevitable battles by doing something to prove to ourselves that we are who we would like to be. I hope you notice the trend here. Again, we do things to be. Think about that. Another way to put it is this. We seek to validate our identity by doing certain things. So in the example I gave about this wife that I was working with, her husband, because his his insecurities were triggered, he validated himself by doing certain things to her that were not healthy. See, when I cheated on my wife, that was my motive. Whenever I slipped into pornography, that was my motive. When I bullied my wife by out-talking her or yelling over her, that was my motive. When I shut her out by hiding my emotions, that was my motive. I was seeking to validate my identity by doing certain things. Doing these things helped me to feel a certain way. Doing these things helped me to feel in control of my own masculinity. As I'm sure you can tell by now, this way of thinking is seriously flawed. And I really mean seriously flawed. Doing things this way keeps you locked into the hero's journey where your greatest enemy is yourself. Think about that. As long as you cope in this manner, you will stay locked into the hero's journey where you will always have to battle yourself. I would like to challenge you to see a different alternative, an alternative where you aren't your greatest enemy. Instead, I would like for you to see an alternative where you are your greatest asset. Simply put, instead of having a have, do, be complex, I would like for you to have a be, have, do complex. Okay? Take that in. So instead of having a have, do, be complex, I would like for you to have a be, have, do complex. Thinking from this angle allows you to ascribe your masculinity based on who you are not what you have, and not what you are capable of doing. Being first is all about choosing to believe and agreeing with what is already true about you. Being is all about having an intimate connection with your creator so that you can see yourself through the right lenses. Imagine how much more effective you could be as a husband and as a man if you never had to prove yourself to anyone. 
Imagine how much more effective you would be if you never had to prove to yourself who you were. Imagine what life would look like if you were who you truly are. I'm going to say that again. Imagine what life would look like if you were who you truly are. I want you to remember something. Okay. And this is the second thing I want you to remember. If not everything. (laughs) Self-acceptance is the key to life. Okay. Self-acceptance is the key to life. How well you accept who you are will determine the type of life that you live. The quality of your life and the quality of your marriage is based on you accepting the reflection that you see in the mirror. Your marriage depends on you being all of who God created you to be. You can never be anyone different than who you are created to be. Okay, I want you, you have to get this. You can never be anyone different than who you are created to be. Now you can try. (laughs) I'm a lion, but if I try to be a billy goat, I can try all I want, but I will never truly accomplish that (laughs) because I'm a lion. That's my nature. The more you try to be someone different, the harder life and the harder your marriage will get. Okay, so if you're sitting here struggling in marriage, You're sitting here wrestling and having a difficult time. Maybe it's because you are trying to be someone who you are not. Maybe it's because you are denying the reflection in the mirror. Maybe it's because you have not accepted who you really are. The more you try to be someone different, the harder your marriage will get. For some of you, becoming your true self is merely a matter of already believing what is true about you. You've already heard from God about your true nature. You just have to believe what he said and be who you see. For others, which is probably the vast majority of people, for others, becoming your true self is more about learning from God in terms of how he sees you and then becoming that person. For you, your life has most likely been constantly pushing you into micro battles. Battles that are intended to help you truly self-actualize or become your true self. So if you've worried or wondered, why do I keep running into these brick walls? Why am I struggling in my finances and my health and my relationships or my job? Why do every time I turn around, something bad is going on? It's probably because those micro battles that keep popping up, that's designed to push you closer to your destiny, it's probably because you are never learning from those micro battles. It's probably because you aren't taking notes. You aren't paying attention. You aren't following the map. I believe life is designed to push us closer to our destiny. I think that things happen in our life to promote us, to accelerate us, to help us to self-actualize. But if I never catch the clue, I'll keep repeating the cycle. And so for you, you've probably repeated the cycle and continue to struggle. And maybe this is your second marriage. Maybe this is your third marriage. Or maybe this is the first time or the second time that you guys are separated and you guys keep hitting a brick wall. Maybe it's because those micro battles, which are meant to help teach you, you aren't learning. You may need some help to get there. And guess what? I would like to put myself out there as someone who can help guide you along your hero's journey. 
Again, every man has a battle. Every man will go on their hero's journey. And as I mentioned at the top of this episode, I'm looking to put together an exclusive group, a mastermind group for husbands who are interested in becoming their true selves so that their marriages and their lives are lived to the fullest. I'm interested in doing this because, again, I know I needed it. And every man that I've ever met that has spoken about this topic have voiced that they need a group of men that they can trust, that they can be vulnerable around, that they can learn and grow from, right? And remember, men learn from other men how to be men. And then we take that definition or that image that we got and we go to women to validate it. But we need to learn from other men how to be better men. And I was at a point in my life where I was very prideful. I didn't feel like I needed it. And now I know I couldn't have gotten to where I am now without the help of the other men in my life. As a matter of fact, every year I go, uh, it, me and a handful of my very close guys, we, we do what we call a man trip. Last year we went to the mountains in Tennessee. This year uh, they're going to be flying down here to Florida and we're going to just do some hanging out. Uh, and we usually just get together, rub elbows, pray, talk, and just talk about life and help help each other. Iron sharpens iron. You can't become a better version of yourself without the assistance of someone else. And so think about this. If you're interested in joining this mastermind that I even I haven't even developed yet, but I'm thinking of doing this. I'm really serious about it. And if you're interested in doing so, here's what I want you to do, because this will show me how serious you are about it. I want you to email me. Email me at david at mendiremarriage.com and just say, hey, I'm interested in this Husbands Only Mastermind Group. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to do it if I get enough people interested in it, just like this podcast. It, it's slowly but surely caught on fire. But this mastermind group is an exclusive group. I'll give you more details as I develop them. But I just want to put that out there and see who's interested. Let me know. Um, because at the end of the day, my job is to help you become a better version of yourself, right? And all of the men that I work with now, I learn from them as well. So just like I'm holding them accountable, they're holding me accountable. I'm learning and growing from them. Um, and so I would like to do the same thing with you. Let me know, hit me up, David at mendourmarriage.com and just say, I'm interested in, in any case, guys, I want to end the show here. I want to wrap up, but I just want to say, look, your marriage is depending on you being your fullest version, being your true self. Your battle is with yourself. We're here. We're, we're developing a movement of men. My job, my goal is to affect a million marriages. And to do that, I have to impact a million men. So um, I'm, I'm putting my, my bid in and I'm here to help. But I, listen to this episode. Go back through it. Take notes. Do what you need to do. Uh, but the job, the goal is to become a better version of yourself. Don't be afraid of the man in the mirror. Accept all of who you are. Anyway, I'm going to wrap up here. Later on, we'll talk about how do I hear from God? How do I become a spiritual leader? What does all that look like? Well, don't worry. We're going to get to that. We're going to talk about all those juicy things. But I'll wrap up here. Um, remember, you can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes by typing in Four Husbands Only in the search box. Uh, and the podcast will come up, subscribe. Uh, and then also you can like, comment, share, or leave me a message on the, the website, the fourhusbandspodcast.com website. You can go there, leave a message. 
Um, there's a tab on the right side that says uh, send a voicemail. You can leave me a voicemail as well. Um, but let's go on this journey together towards us all becoming better men so that we can be the husbands that our marriages need. Until next time, guys, I'm David Taylor signing off. Check this podcast out. Share it with other men. I'll talk to y'all later. Deuce, deuce, baby. Deuce, deuce, baby.